0: Sponsored by the Dunleery Ratdown local enterprise office. You're listening to Business Eye with Joe Dalton and Simon Haig.
1: Welcome to Business Eye and it is Friday the 19th and it's National Community Radio Day for all those community stations out there that are broadcasting, giving people the local news, news that matters to people, the community keeping us all informed. Also, I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsor. That's a local enterprise office in Dunleary and Ratdown. Thank you very much for helping all the business owners, all the entrepreneurs through the last 13, 14 weeks and continue on doing the great work. Now, as businesses are reopening, You know, my wife is excited. I know so many other people are excited that hairdressers are opening up next week. I think they're gonna be book solid to the end of the year. So they're getting ready to open. And one of the things that are we're quite concerned about, and that's payments how are people taking payments how are people going to be doing transactions and my next guest Tom O'Donoghue from Splink Splink is a payment gateway I might have got that right I got it wrong but Tom will explain but what it's allowing is it's allowing people to make payments and also allowing people to chase payments some nice bit of software Tom are you there Hi, I'm Joe. How are you? I'm good, Tom. I'm good. Tom, you know that uh, I have been checking out your software, Splink. I love what it is. I love how easy it is uh, to use and the benefits that it offers the SMEs around Ireland. So look, tell us all about it. Tell us all about it.
0: Yeah, great. Um, Well, listen, I suppose, you know, our, our aim and our mission here is to help SMBs to recover time and money. Um, so Spink was uh, born out of a, a necessity and a requirement for the for some of the businesses that we work in um, a few years ago. So uh, my partner Mark, he uh, has a tech background and he, and he built it because he didn't uh, he was wasting too much time effectively running around chasing people down for payments and meeting people for payments. Um, And he didn't really see that there was anything out there um, that he could actually use himself. Um, So what he did was he built a very uh, simple uh, platform uh, called Splink, Simple Payment Link. Um, The idea being the easier you make it for your customers to pay you, the uh, the quicker that you'll get paid. So that's where it came from. And ultimately, what we found is that... uh, the vast majority of people uh, who owe money want to want to pay us, it, but it's just too hard to, to do in this day and age, and there's setting up bank beneficiaries and using code cards and logging into things and all the rest. So what we've tried to do is just to remove the barriers and I uh,
1: removed the excuses What I love about it is that it was built by someone who was running a digital business and was unhappy with the way the payments were coming through or getting them so he actually then designed and built this himself so it's, it's not like some big organisation going oh we're going to build this platform because we think we need it, it was someone that you know needed this as a necessity and out of that came this invention and there okay. it was
0: yeah, exactly. I mean, and I, I think that's the, you know, the, the core value of this product is that it was built out of a necessity. It wasn't built as a, as a venture, you know. Um, and as I explained to you before, how it actually turned into a commercial venture is because um, Mark had a client who was building websites for and all the rest. Um, and they they paid through this uh, mechanism and uh, and then they requested it and asked him where he got it from, et cetera. So he individually built them, uh, you know, the similar similar basic platform. And then eventually, word of mouth traveled, and uh, and so we built it on its own separate uh, stack and platform. So, you know, like anything, that's that's really good. There was there was a gap there because of of what was required from our own needs. Now. We, you know, it's a very busy space, as, as you and I both know. But we feel that because we're living through it and, uh, and we've experienced the pain of, uh, of being an SME and chasing payments and particularly the time constraints around us, that, that we've actually been able to uh, to augment it and, and add to it um, as an SME would, uh, would need us.
1: But the beauty of it as well is I can have it on my website. So there's a link on my website, people can click and that can pop up. I can have it on my phone. If someone is owes me money, I can send them a text message or an email. And also what it does is that if I send it to someone, they get a reminder. And if they don't pay it, they get a reminder. And that's a lovely bit of software, you know, just ping to someone going, how's it going? just in case you forgot about me, because sometimes people are very nervous about asking other people for money and especially in small businesses. I don't know why this is, because this is how business function anyway, but they can send this and forget about it, and the software is doing something that they may feel uncomfortable doing, but it's actually sending out, going, how's it going? Just just a reminder that that's due. Yeah, exactly, and I'm so
0: the, like, the payment request that you referred to there, that's probably our, our most effective feature and the one that people will use the most. So for people that don't know, as, as you said there, Joe, you can send it out via text uh, uh, and an email and you set a due date and then after that, your work is done. And uh, when the due date hits, the people will get a reminder that day, the next day and so on and so forth until they pay it. And it's very gentle and all the rest. But it takes that, uh, that personal Oracle conversation out of it like to give you an example, like there was a gym um that we use using, using um that are using us now and they use us for their monthly subscriptions and they use the app for taking ad hoc payments uh, there and then. But what they found really effective is that now they can um sell, you know, skipping ropes or kettlebells or, or protein uh, stuff as ancillary products um and, and just send it to people be after the fact or before the fact. Because when people were coming into the gym, they didn't have their wallet or they didn't have cash, etc. And it became very awkward chasing those same people who are maybe paying 150 quid a month for membership, chasing them for a 10 or 20 quid here and there. But across the board, that adds up. Um, so they had to stop actually selling products before they signed up with us. And then they restarted it again. So what I do is just giving people different options in terms of having the app, or put it on your website, are sending out the payment requests. You know, uh, and people can still take bank transfers and do uh, do cash as well. But what we're saying to people is that like, there should be no reason why you shouldn't get paid or you should be chasing money. Uh, and with our uh, platform, you can you can use it as a as a supplementary product. and it doesn't have to have everything. Yeah, because look,
1: it's if for a small business who are looking, it can be expensive to rent a machine and then uh, getting up different gateways and then waiting for credit histories and all this. Yeah, where this is sort of fast tracking it. It's the value, and I know that you mentioned that forty two percent of your you know your clients are referral based which is massive. That's that's in itself is is great, and it it links up to the likes of Stripe and it links up to PayPal. Are you linking up in any other ways as well? or?
0: What? Yeah, so so the way we we, uh, we operate, been, we're as I said, Irish. I want an Irish operator, so Ireland has been our kind of testing bed for the last uh, couple of years, and we have clients in, in the US and the UK and, and further field in Europe. Um, but what we, we sit on Stripe at the moment, we've been using that to, to figure out, you know, what additional features we need. And as you mentioned, the onboarding is, is very quick uh, through Stripe and the up and running within five or 10 minutes. But we are um, we are also very excitingly uh, going to roll out with some European banks in the, in the near term and, uh, and that will allow um, some businesses to go on, on different rails, you know. So we're we're not fully reliant on Stripe or PayPal. Um, we, we will provide the additional layer on top of traditional banking. So the way we like to think of it is if your uh, if your processor is is the engine in a Formula One car were the aerodynamics, where are the light filly bits that will get you uh paid that bit quicker. So there's there's lots of stuff in in the coming months um that we're really excited about on, on that front that will uh that will actually put us really on the map um as opposed to just uh operating in in, solely in Ireland at the
1: moment I love it as well Um, you have the facility that if someone is a charity or looking for donations there is those features on it so you look this is how long is the software out now in in the market
0: so it it was it was built originally for self-use about five or six years ago um, as I said, my partner, Mark, he, uh, he built it for himself. And then from a kind of commercial perspective, we've been out um, selling it for the last kind of two two or three years. Um, so what's exciting about that is you know, we're, we're actually currently um, upgrading the platform as, literally as we speak. So we have a, a meeting next week to review... Uh, all the, the upgrades and so anyone who is aware of it already will be seeing a, a new and flicker version of us um, and that's that's really exciting for us so it's it's um it allows us to revamp and uh, and get all the feedback that we've gotten from our existing customers and put that into practice now so there'll be lots Brilliant. of uh, very cool features coming that will help uh, people to get paid a bit quicker
1: like a salesman attached to the to the software is there?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well like it's funny enough mean through our our kind of research in in this you know alarmingly enough um, you know most SMBs in in Ireland and the UK will lose you know um, one or two days a month chasing old old money so to speak so that's you know 20% of your work week um, and that that could be acceptable in, in larger companies where there's a bit of slack with uh, with workforce, but where you need time uh, most is is in SMB world, and where you need cash most is in SMB world. So well, that's that's what we're really trying to address here, and anything we can do to speed that up um, and make it a, a slicker experience on both sides of the payment. But I think you
1: said it there as well. I think you made it a very valid point. You know, there is charges, of course. You know, Striper's charges, PayPal. And then you have a small percentage goes on that as well. And that's, look, you know, your staff to pay, your development software. And, you know, that's acceptable. But But there it is as well. It's, it's, to, who are you paying? Are you paying the accountant to change money? People, I think, forget about even though you have you have these yeah. charges. They forget about these other charges that it can eliminate because the software is doing it.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, there's there's charges and everything in this world, and we're, we're trying to keep it as reasonable as, as possible. Um, but you know, you know, it, it's funny when you ask people, are you know, are they ask you about the the charges, and and they're actually not aware of what they're already spending on charges because banks very smartly bury the charges on a quarterly basis and, and people aren't sure what they're paying uh, depending on the type of cars, etc. Well, as, as you rightly said, the best way to, um, to kind of to, to turn it around is to, to ask people how much, how much of their working week do they spend or do their staff spend on chasing old money uh, when that could be spent on, uh, you know, chasing new business. And how, if you do it on a very simple basis of how much you pay yourself an hour or how much you pay that person an hour or how many hours they spend, you know, the cost-benefit analysis um, becomes very apparent. And that's why we do a, a you know, an intro um, offer of, of just a pay-as-you-go. So we have a pay-as-you-go and then we have a multi-subscription, which would have lower transaction rates. Because the easiest way of seeing how effective these things are are to try it. So... Like what we find is we, we tell people to try it or even if they do the subscription thing, they can try it for a month and we'll give them the money back if they they don't take it's effective Because it's only by trying and seeing how, how much time you can recover that people will actually, um, will actually engage in this. So we're, we're very confident in our product and that's why we don't have any long-term contracts or anything like that. And we wouldn't.
1: One, Look, be, one of the other things on. one of the other things as well, Tom, is what I like about it is it's personal. You know, people can put up their own lo- logo, their own image, they can put in their own text, there's a thank you email, there's all this other little stuff that, you know, create that customer experience when they're purchasing through through a company. And yeah, exactly. and with well, yourselves with lockdown and, you know, people coming out now and, you know, they're trying to you know cash move away from cash and the small business owner is looking some of them are looking okay how can i have something that is easy to use it you know it it eliminates me chasing all the people if i'm running around Like say a hairdresser now who's a mobile hairdresser will be running around the place they haven't got time to be chasing stuff or did someone says oh look can i pay you later and they go oh yeah i'll pay you later and that you know, embarrassed as you say, chasing yeah. the the twenty euros or something on it. This does it. This, you know, without conflict, it does it so easy and it it works on it. Tell me, how many clients have you got? How many people have you got signed up to the product uh, in Ireland? What you, and where? Where do you want to take it then as well?
0: So we have a few thousand in Ireland um, and uh, and in the UK, then. As like I said, we haven't we haven't done any uh, any direct marketing yet. It's all been word of mouth and and um, a bit of uh, social media campaigns. Um, but as I said, our, our referral rate is a real kind of validation point for um, you know people who pay through it or people who use it will uh, will share share um, and, and sign up that way. But the plan is is to go out into wider Europe and, and also into the States. Um, that will be done uh, through a couple of avenues. As I mentioned, there's financial institutions which are keen to um, keen to license the software for us because you know they just don't have the, the capacity or the time to actually go and build something like this and they're getting challenged by the revolutes and the likes um, because... This is what people expect nowadays from a, a digital point of view. Um, so that will be one route, but we will also have our self-serve um, option where people can uh, come on and sign up. So once, um, once we kind of get our marketing dollars in order, uh, we're doing an investment, closing investment round at the moment. So you will be hearing and seeing a lot more about us in the coming weeks. Um, so we'll be going out aggressively in Ireland and, and to mainland Europe. Um, and then further afield, there's other opportunities in the Middle East and uh, in the States and, and Australia that we're also looking at on a, on a wider level. What what's
1: but, your what's your thoughts moving down the road and the way the banking systems are changing, and the way people now are, you know, questioning everything with cryptocurrency. You know, I know it's 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 going to be a grey area, and a lot of banks don't like it. And you know, there's there's more groups setting up with this and everything. Do you see this being something in three, four years down the road to be that people will be making transactions? Because it's all digital anyway.
0: Yeah, I think, look, the, you know, the, the world was, was heading from, from a, a cash to a cashless society anyway. Uh, some geographies faster than others. Um, now, I think COVID-19 uh, and everything that that has brought has accelerated that. So I think, you know, all sorts of digital tr- online transactions will be very much, um, accelerated in, in the next few years, and including, um, the cryptocurrency side of things. And even some banks are looking into that themselves, creating their own cryptocurrencies. What but ultimately, yeah. like without boring you yeah, on, on all the kind of regulations, but, you know, with PSD2, um, which is, uh, the payment services directive, that leads to open banking. So that's what all the GDPR stuff in the last while has been uh, based around. It's trying to open the banking system. So what that will do is effectively allow the traditional bricks and mortar banks to concentrate on their core competencies in lending and providing credit lines and and savings accounts and all that kind of stuff. And what they'll do is they'll partner with the likes of ourselves or other similar companies um, and 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 allow uh, the digital element of us to to come in, by from third parties, so you'll have a, a mesh of of services uh, that will be provided by third parties in conjunction with the major banks. So it's very exciting times, and it kind of it, it creates a you know lines of demarcation where you know the banks will concentrate on what they'll they're good at and the more advanced tech, techie people will concentrate on what they're good at and hopefully it will create a, a much better and slicker um, environment, digital environment for, for customers.
1: Yes and the entrepreneur SME can concentrate on what they're doing and what they're at.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a a major thing that came out of the last financial crisis uh, that the banks are now aware of, that they didn't really concentrate on their SME base. They looked after all the big, large corporates. um, And as a result, the SME base got got rightly pissed off, you know.
1: That's right.
0: um, So what they've done now is they're they're struggling because you've got your monos and your revolutes and... Uh, all those other uh, nouveau banks coming in and and, and taking uh, away their customer base. So there's a realisation from the banks that they need to address this. That gives a good opportunity for companies like us. Um, but more importantly, it will create services that are badly needed in the, in the SME space.
1: Super. Tom, where can people, if, if people, someone, say, wants to hook up, wants to get your software... Where can they? Um, where can they go?
0: Yeah, so if they go to myblink dot com, um there'll be all the information will be on there, and we'll be updating the website over the next few weeks. So don't do get put off if uh, if it looks like it's under construction. But um, uh, if you want to share my uh, my email, they can reach out directly to me, and I'll. Uh,
1: I'll put them in touch with um, uh, we'll, with we'll, some of our guys. I have to say, your uh, support I just have is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, there's someone there who will help you. So I, I commend you on that as well. So you've a good team behind you. Last yeah, question. I mean, yep. Splink. Where did the name come from? What's the abbreviation for? Her? So it started out
0: as, as uh, GUIO. Um, and then we uh, we rebranded it a number of years ago to Splink. And simply put, it's a simple payment link is what it stands for. Because we just really wanted to get across the fact that it's, you know, it's a digital product, pro- product um, and it's ultimately a payment link. And there's various features that's, that are born out of it and extend from it. But it's really about the simplicity of use. Uh, that, yeah, that's either... For the person who, uh, who signs up and, and uses our platform that's, or for the person who's paying so yeah. simplicity is at, our, is at our core and that's why we want to keep it
1: it's like my wife will have a glass of wine with her friends on zoom and they call it slinks so <laughs> <laughs> very good very good Tom, it's a pleasure having you on. Um, look, I I highly recommend that it's, it's you know people check it out. Um, it might be good for some, and might not be good for others. But it's it's worth definitely a payment gateway to uh, to see if it's uh, if it's suitable for your company. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, Thanks for coming brilliant. on to Business Thanks, Eye. Joe. Thank you. Really
0: appreciate it. Take, Take care. Bye bye.
1: You're listening to Business Eye, sponsored by your local enterprise office in Dunleary, Rathdown. Together, we're making it happen. My last guest, Tom, was giving us great information there about taking payments from your clients, which, as we know, cash is king in an organisation. I was down in Dunleary today and I was popping into Pennies and I picked some stuff up and there was a nice, relaxed atmosphere around Dunleary. I have to say, some staff and some of the larger stores were a little bit annoyed. I couldn't see it because they were wearing their face masks, but I asked one of them and they said, yeah, they were all a bit peeved off. Anyway... Companies are opening up. People want to go and spend money again. And how and where are they going to do this? And I have Aileen from the Chamber of Commerce uh, in Dundeary on the line, and one of my favourite board members here at Dublin South FN. Uh, how are you?
2: you? You say all the right things, Joe. I'm good, except the weather's not the best. You know, it's. Uh, but, but anyway, it, it, I suppose it's a good time now for going shopping because it's. I, I always think, when, when people ask me these days what religion um, is the main religion in Ireland, I always say shopping.
1: Well, so, that's, that's <laughs> it. And so
2: we, we're, our, religion, our, our religious duties are, are starting again, Joe. Our,
1: religion, our religious duties are starting in the shopping end, so hopefully people will stop spending all the money on Amazon and waiting for deliveries to arrive, Absolutely. they can go and buy local, buy local, I, help well, the local business.
2: I think that is a very good point. and And in fact, one of the things that, that in the chamber we've been doing right throughout this crisis has been the fact that we've been promoting all of the local enterprise um, grants That companies can avail of. But one grant in particular that was very, very relevant at the time was the online trading voucher. And why I think that was relevant, it meant that all the companies and businesses and retailers that had to close during COVID were able to uh, upgrade their presence. And I think that's been really important because Amazon certainly drives me mad. And I have been making. It's my business to give as much local business as I can, and, and I think that means, you know, whether it's shops, whether it's professional services, whatever it is, I think that's what we have to do. And then the chamber last week launched this idea of, you know, give business locally, and and the, you know the government is saying the same. And I think, I think we have to be just so aware of how powerful that euro spend we have is. But we can change things. We can get people back to work quicker if we stop spending an Amazon.
1: It's like what annoyed me the most was I go to buy something and... I couldn't get it anywhere. I could see it in a shop window or I knew someone had it, but I couldn't get access yeah. to it online. And the only yeah. thing you know, we all buy stuff impulses or we want it now, or you know I'm building um some a deck out in the garden and I need it something. And unfortunately you know, you have to press click, make that click if you need it. And that's, you know, it was... I
2: think so. I think, you know, as you know, Joe, I, I dislike the word pivot, but I think it's what we have to be thinking about that. I think what this um, crisis has made us all do as business people is to to think differently about what we do. Now, obviously, nobody wanted these restrictions that the government imposed on us. Um, you know, mostly for the right reasons. No, nobody nobody liked them. And I think that this this whole idea of having a shop window online is going to be key for the future and, and deliveries because, you know, there's, there's been a huge upsurge in deliveries. And I, I really, really think, for instance, I know that um, everybody that knows me knows I love my clothes, but there was no way I was going to... I made a point of going to Oxendale's because it's an Irish company and if I was going to be able to buy something well let it let it be an Irish company with their staff with the office still open and I think that's what it's about it's just it's tweaking your your thought process I think even if we can all do that and I you know I, I think the grants as well has been so important in that and the local enterprise board has done an amazing job in helping businesses and I think you know that's that's where businesses can rise above other businesses, just to be able to think clearer and maybe just change the processes a little bit.
1: One of the things when I was list- reading this morning and it was about fun, you know. Ah. Uh, it, it, you know, these, you know, what we've, we've been locked away and now business are open, but people need to have fun. People need to laugh. People need to holiday. People need a break. People yes. need to, and, you know, like what's come but, up about restaurants and pubs at the moment. It's a, it's more like now um, a carvery conveyor belt than a social <laughs> gathering.
2: Well, I have to say, Joe, I think it's right. But, you know, when you talk about that word fun, what's really important for me is I, I am sick to the death of Zoom calls, Teams calls, Skype calls and every other call that's out there. And people people with crooked pictures and kids running in and dogs running in. But the one thing that we shouldn't forget, when we all have a meeting, so it doesn't matter if if it's the most serious meeting in the world and there's a gravitas to the meeting. We go into a meeting We smile at people, we shake hands, we have a bit of a laugh, we exchange things, even if the meeting content is serious. And I think we have to make sure to do that on our Zoom calls and things like that, because we are naturally social people. And we shouldn't forget that on these calls, you can have a bit of banter, you can relax. And I think you're right about the fun, but I'm missing the fun in business. Because just a few minutes ago, before you called me for the interview, um, Gabby Mallon, the CEO of of the Chamber, arrived into my office, and we were both so thrilled to see each other, to actually engage with each other. And I think that's what we all do best, particularly Irish people. But, like, I love engaging with people. And, you know, so it's fun in business as well as, you know, fun outside
1: the business. But here, I want to ask you, go back into your own industry now, which I I find is is very important, the travel industry.
2: Yeah.
1: What's going on there? Like, you know, we know I've never... Now, I've always argued about Ryanair, but I think he's kind of making a force now going, we can't do that. This is ridiculous. What is... What's going on in the industry? Because... Look, it's the backbone. Look what's happened in the Gael Talk areas. They're cut yeah. off this year. Yeah, I, think, and I yeah, I
2: think that I think the problem here is that I think everybody that I know respects what the government has done to date in terms of managing the crisis as best they can because it was thrown upon them like you know. Uh, like every country in the world. Yeah. What's happened here is that there seems to be a reluctance to have a clear picture going forward. There seems to be a reluctance between the government officials and between the health to move business safely forward. And we've got to do that because if you look at the rest of Europe, all of Europe's borders opened pretty much on the 15th of June. And there's a clear picture and Where I think it's going wrong with the travel industry here at the moment is nobody has a clear picture, whether it's outbound, if people are going to resume holidays or flights, or inbound people coming in. You know, whatever the date is, change the date. So even today, they're saying that the quarantine thing is going to continue until the 9th of July. Well, you know, that's not good news, but at the same time, it's only three more weeks. But are they going to stick to the 9th of July? That's the problem. And I think the whole of the travel industry is just frustrated by this. It's frustrated by, is it two metre? Is it one metre? But I think there has to be much more engagement between the government, business and the safety side of things and safety we know safety is paramount safety is important but there's no but there's nothing there's nothing clear and I, I, I just think that we have to save all these small businesses we have to keep this SME recovery going because most of our our nation is small businesses and that's key for me but there's no clear actual thinking there's no there's no roadmap. map there's they, they fudge it at the last minute it gets fudged And business needs much more direction than that. You know, we all have to keep staff on. You know, I'm delighted my staff are are coming back myself. And I'm delighted to see my clients opening up again and more clients planning to open up again. But there's nothing clear from the government there. They seem to be reluctant to take the the steps that business needs, but that the travel industry the travel, like travel
1: agents if you look at it you walk past a travel agents it could have six staff ten staff twenty staff Yes. you know and then look at the hotels and. Uh, it angers me. No, no, it doesn't anger me. I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated. That's what I, I am because
2: I know. But I think I think it's getting there. I was on a very good call last week for World Travel Market. It's the it's the biggest event in 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 world tourism. It takes place in London every year. I, I've been going to it for a long, long time. But we had a, a big travel conference last week, and the stats were very interesting. What they said, and this is why we need a proper roadmap. The first stat that was very important was there was like there was there was 1300 people on the the the, the webinar uh, from 130 countries including Ireland but one two th- two things that were very important in terms of what they said number one was that one in 10 people in the entire world is employed by tourism that is a, a, an astonishing statistic Massive. one in 10 people yeah now that's the first statistic but the other thing that came up is they they have done extensive research um, worldwide over the last month in terms of as as tourism opens up again the key thing that has come up everywhere in terms of tourism has not been airports, it has not been flights or ferries or cruise ships or things like that it's been the room. People are worried as they start to go on holidays again what is the cleaning of the room going to be like? So it's not the buffets it's not anything else it's not anything else, um, it, it's the room. And not only is it the room that people are concerned about, it's making it obvious that that room has been cleaned. So I think people will have to look at maybe, you might have a, a, a thing on the door that says, this room was cleaned at eight o'clock this morning, or this room was fully cleaned um, you know, from the last person. That is the biggest statistic and that is something because we have to build confidence again because at the moment we're still in fear and it just is interesting that that was the research and I just think those two pieces of research that were just done last month are fascinating and that's what we move forward with.
1: Do you then feel you know, a lot of people who want to go on holidays, who are, their, their holidays have been cancelled, and now there's an opportunity with the country. You know, relaxing. Its travel restrictions coming. Its weeks come on. Do you think the Irish may go? Do you know what? I'm going to book that holiday in Cork, in that house, or I'm going to go to Kilkenny or or Galway. Do you think they'll rise up and go? Let's spend our money at home here.
2: There's a balance. I think that there are people who always spend their money at home. I, I personally love to travel. I'm lucky that I, I travel an awful lot for my business, and as a result of that, I thrive on other cultures and other customs and other food and other drinks and whatever. I actually, the pleasure for me is is being somewhere different, being out of my comfort zone, being. You know, going to to experience something that—that's me personally. I think that you're going to get both. I think that you know there's a there's a big element at the moment that people will feel less afraid that they can get into their own car and they can drive down the country. I think you'll see an upsurge in, in self catering this year once the provider assures the customer that the place is clean. Confidence, uh, you know, confidence, confidence. And it's about this confidence over fear. Yeah. And I think that that for me is the key. I, I think that it's a, good, it's a good year. I think it's a year that people will maybe seek solitude a little bit more, will seek space. And I think it's a good year, even when Europe starts to open up, if you take the Austrian Alps or the Swiss Alps or whatever else like that, you know, or the Alentejo in Portugal or somewhere like that, I think people will see quieter places this year. As they get that confidence, and I think that's, to me, it's what it's about. It's that it's, it's holidays are going to be maybe a quieter time.
1: I do you know, know and, that.
2: And, 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 and reuniting with families, I, I you know, I, I've seen some people doing this thing where you're, you're, you know, having family breaks. And to me, it's a bit corny. But like at the same time, there's families that haven't seen each other for months, and it is about that time, and that's why I think it's. It's about a quiet time this year, a quieter time. And we've lots of those places in Ireland.
1: Yeah, I think there is going to be family breaks as well, but I think they've got to go the opposite way, you know. so uh, I, you I mean a bit
2: of madness, but Joe, you know, we're back to what you said before. It's about fun, and I think people need fun again. Yeah, but I, I think, think it is. You know, I, I think they have to, you know, look at the fun safely. It's entertaining. Look, look at Dun
1: Look at Dun rat...
2: Dunleary is wonderful but, for you know yeah.
1: Doneley itself, but Dunleary Park, the place. Sunday, the Sunday market. Do you know the how's that going to go? Do you know the hustle and bustle on a day that that is really busy and the sun is shining and everyone is there, or when the market in Dunleary, they run the movies there on a Sunday during the summer? Have we lost all that? Is that all gone this summer? You know,
2: I think I, I think it will come back gradually. And you know, and again, it, it is about confidence over fear. I think that maybe the HSA in particular, for me, have been very um, too much of the heavy hand in terms of the rigorous things that businesses have to go through and events and things like that. I think that will settle down a bit. Um, I don't think we need sort of. Dazzy police going around, you know, checking a business because everybody's learning. Employees are learning. Prodding Fraud, you with a stick. Everybody's learning, you know. <laughs> but I, 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 I think it will settle down. But it's it, again, it's confidence over fear. Obviously, the, the confidence won't be 100% until we have a vaccine. But it is about gradually doing things. And as I said, it's confidence. To me, it's confidence over fear.
1: Look, the the end of the, the reality of it is, you know, things are changing. People are hoping that things will phase out in this. People just want, the, 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 you know, the mental health that has happened, you know, the, the depression as well. These are numbers. Yeah. That we're trying to find out what ha- what these are like, which, you know, we can't get our hands on at the moment. Do you know this, yeah, do you
2: know I, I, it's an interesting one. I was reading the, the, the proposed programme for government and to me, you know, we, we can talk about pressure and we can talk about different categories of people, whether it's younger people or older people or whatever. You know, I'm so close to business as a small business owner myself. I think for me, and again, it's it's it's, it's a worry in terms of depression. There are businesses that won't be able to open till August. There are some businesses that mightn't be able to start again until next year. You take bands, you take entertainment, yeah. you take audiovisual, you take all those people. We can't forget about all these small businesses. A band is a small business. A, a, an artist who normally plays the the three arena is a small business. And we can't forget all those people whose income was just stopped in February, the end of February, we can't forget all the small businesses, and that's back to this idea of shopping local, giving local local, I know, you know, and I, I think we can't forget all of those categories, and and depression is going to be serious. People can't pay their bills after three months or six months. But there are some people whose businesses will not get back for a year.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: And we have to mind as, as a as a business community and as a community, we have to be mindful of that and mindful of those businesses.
1: Yeah, it's it's you know it's living living on meat, you know, bare necessities at the moment. Really, that's what it is, you know.
2: Yeah, but that's wrong, because we, we've we all survived, those of us that are, you know, certainly 30s onwards, people have survived a very tough recession. And I think people are not prepared to go back to those days of 10 years ago. No. We shouldn't have to. We didn't cause it. Nobody caused this. Obviously, it was one of those, you know, this pandemic was not caused by anybody. But we've got to get to fast track I think what we're trying to do here do and I do think we have to protect people along the way and that's why even like networking I can't wait to get back to networking because again I'm back to the confidence <laughs> over fear um, but you know to, to get people socialising again to get people talking true, again true. we're not Zoom we're not, people by yes, nature no, I'm not not, anyway. you're
1: not. you're not I'm pivoting wow <laughs> pivoting thinking about pivoting one last thing yes Tomorrow, or tomorrow, let me just cut that out because this show is going out tomorrow. Today is National Community Radio Day. Indeed. What's your thoughts uh, on that?
2: My, I'll tell you what my thoughts are uh, on this and I think it's very important. Um, I, I have been on the board of this wonderful community radio station, Dublin South FM, for six years. I am so proud in terms of all the years that, you know, um, of the station. We, during this pandemic, radio was one of the key things because we've, we've got to keep communities going. We've got to talk to people. We've got to listen to people. We've got to show what people are doing. There's been amazing things done in this country, in this county, for the last three months. People going out of their way to get involved in things. And we in community radio can talk about those things, can empower people. We can tell people what's happened. We can share those stories because it is about those stories as well. We can keep people company when they're self-isolating. That's what radio does. That's what community radio does. And I think with all the work we've been doing with the wat County Council, with the PPN, with, you know, all those people, we've all been able to share stories We've been able to keep communities together. We've been able to highlight what communities do, do. And I, for one, I'm thrilled I'm part of Community Radio. I think we have 90 volunteers in this station. And I'm proud of every single one of us. Yes. And that's the way I feel. I'm passionate about it. And I think it can only grow in the future.
1: Well said. Well said. And it is the, you know, as I was saying to one of our other guests there, community it's t- listening yes. to the stories of the people locally yes. you know what other stations haven't got time are not willing to listen to because of it's busy what's going out in the bigger world. we yes. are talking to the people on the ground and that's what matters and,
2: and and when we think community Joe you know it could be the business community, it could be the schools community, it could be the sporting community, it could be the socially deprived communities. We all have communities. We all have community. I hate using the word cluster after, after these last three months, but we do have clusters of communities. And yes, yes every community has its stories.
1: They do indeed.
2: And they we can do. tell them.
1: We And we do. We shout out from we the tops. We do indeed. We shout out from the tops. Aileen. Yeah. Always a pleasure talking to you. Always a pleasure. So happy Um,
2: Community Radio Day, everybody. We're proud to be part of it.
1: Part of it. And um, look, you have a super weekend and we will talk next week. Thank you. Take care. And that's it, folks. Uh, Another week in Business Eye, speaking to people within the community, people that care about business, people that really have passion for what's going on. And like ourselves here at Dublin South FM, You know, we're all in this together. Yes, we're all in different boats. But if we start talking, communication, really kind of helping each other, buying locally, supporting your neighbour, we'll get through it. We will get through it. And things will flourish. Things will flourish. Until next week on Business Eye, you have a super weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.